When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Astros Baseball, a podcast by a fan for the fans of the Houston Astros. Here's your host, Rob Fontenot. Hey guys, welcome to episode number 600. That's right, folks, 600 of Astros Baseball. Joining me as always, co-host, third coast, Tom. What's up, buddy? Beautiful uh, Thursday, Friday Eve. Doing good, sir. We're joined today by the host of Astros Future Podcast and the uh, the man behind Astros Future, Jimmy Price. Jimmy, what's up, buddy? Not much, man. Appreciate you having me on. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad you did come on, and uh, it was cool. I want to talk about your stadium tour, but I did have the pleasure of meeting you when you went to Corpus, so that was pretty awesome. Yeah, no, that was a, that was a good experience. We we uh, we chose a good day to go watch the Hooks games. That that's for sure. Yeah. So we were talking, or maybe I just saw it on Twitter, but you did, and I'm calling it a stadium tour because I don't know what else to call it, but you visited all four of the Astros minor league affiliates and uh, kind of go through that. Where'd you go first? Yeah. So Corpus would, would, would have been the first one, Corpus Christi that Saturday when, uh, when you were there as well, uh, May 28th, I think it was, but yeah, that Wednesday, which was uh, June 1st, I, I took a flight out to North Carolina. So my first stop was was Asheville, North Carolina. Um, they have a, a very old historic stadium. McCormick Field was built in 1923, so coming up on 100 years old. And then after that, I ended up going over to Fayetteville, North Carolina, Segra Stadium, uh, where the Woodpeckers play uh, for Thursday and Friday night. Flew in on Saturday, and then Saturday I went over to Constellation Field and saw the Space Cowboys. So from a Saturday to Saturday, saw all four minor league teams. So when did you come up with the idea? Like I'm going to go visit all four, all four stadiums. So it kind of just came together. You know, I wanted to take a trip to Corpus Christi anyways, and just happened to go down there. I had this trip planned for, um, for North Carolina. I've, I've, you know, the Astros go back a few years and they're, they're two minor league teams. Well, really their minor league teams are spread out all over the place. And now we have two close here in Texas and two close in North Carolina. So I thought it'd be cool to make a trip out there. So planned it out and, you know, Searched for a schedule when both teams uh, were in town for a week, and just made it out there on uh, on Wednesday. And it was it was a busy couple of days, but a lot of fun. I mean, North Carolina is a, a a nice state to drive through, and, and at least from you know my my area of Texas is all flat, you know, and, and there it's all hills and big trees and stuff. But uh, yeah, I mean, re- really phenomenal experience. How far away are those two stadiums? So Asheville is about uh, it's about four hours from Fayetteville. So re- really, I mean, it's probably about the, the distance between. Uh, you know, Houston and, and Austin, maybe, I guess, Houston and San Antonio, I think it's about three and a half to four hours from, from where I'm at. So uh, not a bad drive. I flew into Charlotte and then drove to Asheville, which is about two hours. Next day, drove over to Fayetteville, which is about four hours. But it, it really wasn't a bad drive at all because you, you go – the crazy thing about North Carolina is they have a ton of minor league baseball. So, like, I think on my trip from Asheville to Fayetteville to drive, I probably went through five or six towns that had a minor league baseball team, which is, which is pretty crazy, just a, a lot of minor league baseball over there. So you had some pretty good experiences. One you had with me 
when we went upstairs to the booth. Yep. You got to meet Amy, the uh I don't I guess she might be the first, the first female PA announcer for the hooks. She's a very yeah. cool lady. And let me ask you, were you just as made as amazed as I was the first time I went up there and saw those guys running the TV or whatever you want to call it, the broadcast. Yeah. I think the crazy part about it is you don't realize how much goes into the game day broadcast. You know, you sit at home and you watch the, the TV or for me, I watch it on the laptop, you know, the, the minor league baseball uh, TV feed, but you go in there and you see the, you see the press box, you see, um, the control room where they're dealing with the minor league baseball, they're putting the stats up there. And it's just, it's a lot of work. And, and, you know, the hooks do a really good job. I mean, I watch a lot of minor league baseball. They have a, they have a good, uh, a good production crew up there. So yeah, that was a, that was a pretty cool experience for sure. Yeah. They do a good job and it seems like they're all kids and it's really impressive. It's an impressive thing to see. Yeah. And I, I think that might be kind of the theme around minor league baseball, at least from what I saw in Fayetteville and what I've seen in Sugarland is, you know, it's a lot of it's a lot of younger um, younger kids that are probably in college or uh, maybe just getting out of college first, getting into you know this kind of career field. And I mean, you see a lot of them will turn it into something more. But yeah, though they, they do a really good job. In one of your stops, you uh, actually hopped on the broadcast, one of the, one of the radio broadcasts. I did, yeah. So I was in Fayetteville Thursday night and Friday night. Uh, Andrew Chapman is the uh, the broadcaster there. Uh, Phenomenal guy to listen to, by the way, if you ever get a chance to watch a Woodpeckers game. He's great. Um, but on uh, on Friday, I ended up getting on the broadcast real quick. What was pretty cool is Thursday, the guest on the broadcast was Jeff Bagwell. Friday was me. So he- heck of a step down for Fayetteville. But anyways, I went on the broadcast for uh, the, the fifth, top of the fifth, bottom of the fifth, and the top of the sixth. And with this new pitch clock, the games go by extremely fast. So I think I was on the broadcast for I mean, maybe 15 minutes. But uh, but yeah, it was, a, it was a super cool experience. Wow. The day after Jeff Bagwell, what a, uh-huh. that's nuts. That must've made you feel pretty good. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, what kind of connections, not really like to get free stuff, but sure. Do you have like pretty good connections with some of the guys that, you know, like they knew you were coming, they look forward to you coming. Yeah. I think, um, you know, some of the coaches, I was able to talk with a couple of coaches in, in, in Asheville. And when I got to Fayetteville, I was able to talk with a, a couple of coaches there. Uh, met some players, uh, some of them that, you know, either saw that I was there or saw that I was coming. I had on a shirt that had my logo. So a couple of them saw the logo and, you know, introduced themselves. So um, uh, what I can say is they're, they seem to be real appreciative of it, which, uh, which really makes me feel a lot better with it too, you know, and it makes me want to do it more. The fact that they're appreciative. Of it. And I think they like that they're able to share their highlights and, um, and all that with their friends and family. So, yeah, I mean, it was, it was cool. It was nice to be able to, to talk to people on there. It wasn't like I just showed up at the game and that was it. It was a, uh, it was a, just a, a really fun experience. You know, you doing the uh, minor league stuff, it, it's kind of, you know, like we talk about the Astros here, but when you do minor league stuff, you actually get a little bit more access. You get access to the players, and it's just a lot different. So I, I think it's actually pretty cool uh, to cover the minor league. So going to the stadiums, which one mm-hmm. was your favorite? Uh, so out of, out of the four, what's no, no, I mean, I mean, no, it's not that, that one would probably, I mean, it was, it was cool as a, as a nice view, but just in terms of like, you know, modern amenities and everything, I mean, Segra stadium was, was built in 2019. Well, that was their, their first season that they played there. So it's a brand new field. Astros bought the, the woodpeckers franchise and built that stadium. So, I mean, it's, 
it's got everything you would need. You know, I mean, it's a, the, the concourse is big and wide, beautiful view. It's got indoor batting cages for the players and everything. I mean, it's super nice. But I, I love the vibe and the view at Corpus, uh, Corpus Christi. I think it's hard to beat that. I know that the bridge isn't lighting up right now, but back when it used to light up, having the bridge in the background, uh, being right there on the water is pretty cool. So it would probably be out of Corpus Christi and Fayetteville for which one's my favorite, and then Sugarland and then Asheville. And it's nothing against Asheville, but it's just, you know, it's, it's I mean, it's an older stadium. It's a 100-year-old stadium, and it's built uh, essentially on a mountain. So there's not a lot of room for expansion. When you went to Fayetteville, did you get to uh, talk to Jose Puentes or Rhett Coba? I did. I talked to both of them, actually. So uh, me and Jose had a, had a good conversation. I'll actually be having an article come out on him uh, next week, so y'all can be looking forward to that. Um, I talked to Rhett Coba quite a bit, actually. He, he's one of the ones that came up and, and saw me. We talked, and then I happened to go down on the other side of the, uh, the dugout after the game. And Friday night game, they won. They had fireworks, so the players are already there a little bit later. Uh, I saw him on the other side of the dugout signing autographs, and I went down there because I was trying to talk with uh, another player. Andrew Chapman set me up with another player to, to do an interview. Um, and he was there. So I just chatted with him and he was sitting there signing autographs. And I thought it was really cool because he, he brought his own Sharpie and he literally just waited there probably until the, until the stadium cleared out. You know, I mean, a lot of guys sign autographs. And then when the when the line dies down, they're gone. No, he just waited two, three minutes go by. Another kid shows up, signs an autograph, takes a picture. And I asked him about it. And he said, you know, he remembers that feeling going to a stadium, trying to get an autograph and how um, I guess, you know, how happy it makes him. And he said, if he could, you know, if he can give a kid that kind of feeling, he remembers what it's like. He wants to do that. So he stuck around late, signed autographs, and uh, pretty cool. Like he had a, I think he had a start a day or two later, and the next thing you know, he got promoted. So he's in Asheville now. Oh, wow. So uh, two stories. His mother, I went to school with her. I've known his mother since second grade. Oh, cool. And I forgot the second story. But <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know what the other story was. Oh, yeah, yeah. When we went to Corpus. Now, I don't know if he stuck around because his parents were there and mm-hmm. I'm talking about Luke Berryhill, but he stuck around. He was the only one signing autographs in Corpus. And I don't know if that's something he always does. Or like I said, if he was just out there waiting, you know, to talk yeah. to his parents, I'm not really sure, but I think it's very cool that these guys do that. Um, and you know, a lot of them do it for kids, but they need to know it. It means a lot to us adults too. We, we, we <laughs> like that stuff too, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I know they want to, they want to make the kids happy and, you know, try to promote the game, but yeah, I mean, you'll see them signing the, the, the cards and stuff for the adults as well. But uh, yeah, man, is it, it was, a, it was just really fun. It was cool to go out to another state to see minor league baseball and, and, and be in a different field and a different environment um, where I didn't know anybody except through social media, you know, and to meet those people that I've, I've made connections with and stuff was really cool. Everyone was, Everyone in, in Fayetteville was uh, extremely welcoming. They were great, uh, from the scorekeeper to the, uh, the, uh, the, the stat guy for MILB.com that does the game day stuff. I mean, uh, it, it, just, uh, it, was, it was really cool. And if, he, if anyone plans on taking a trip out to North Carolina, I would definitely recommend it because you won't be disappointed when you make it out to Fayetteville. All right, so Third Coast Tom is with us. Did you have any questions you want to ask him about the uh, <clears throat> tour or anything that went on? Well, I really just have one question. Uh, Jimmy, I feel like everything that you do is so critical, like to, to the fans, you know, for, for definitely being able to see the minor league guys coming up. I feel like it's a, it's a thing you got to have, right? You got you to gotta follow the young guys so you know what's coming. So I guess my question to you is kind of a two-parter. One, what was, do you feel like there was a prospect that you covered, you know, in all your time or whatever that 
you saw before anyone else, you know, one of those guys, you just was like, this guy's going to be great. And, and he didn't really necessarily get the media hype or anything like that. And then two, what about the other side of that coin where there was a guy that you felt really, really good about and he just never panned out? Yeah. So a couple that popped to, to mind and, um, well, one of them, I'm not sure how Astros fans feel about because he kind of tried to fight the Astros a couple of years ago. R- Ramon Laureano was a guy I was kind of high on early on and had a, a breakout season and, you know, he ended up getting, getting traded. Um, but another guy that kind of comes to mind and, you know, and I talk with a, a lot of people, so it's not just me forming this opinion, but a guy like Christian Javier, you know, he was never on any top hundred list. He was never on any like top 10 Astros list until way later. But you go back and look at his minor league numbers, and from the very beginning, the guy dominated as a pitcher, high strikeout numbers. So that's a guy that I would say, like early on, I was extremely excited about. I remember predicting him as like the breakout prospect in 2016 or 17, something like that. I had to go back and look. But every year I try to predict the breakout prospect, and he was he was one of the ones. Also, Miles Straw was another guy I was super high on early on. Um, but there's definitely been misses for sure, and I think one that probably a lot of Astros fans can relate to is A.J. Reed. Guy had a monster season in double A AA and triple A um, back in probably, well, I can't even remember the year. But I mean, he hit like 340, 30 something home runs, 120 RBIs. I mean, looked like a guy who's going to come up and be basically what Jordan Alvarez is, is doing right now. And um, as we all know, unfortunately, that didn't work out. And the Astros ended up releasing him and he never stuck with another organization. But that that's the first one for sure that pops in my mind when I think about one that I was, you know, had higher hopes for. Um, so, yeah, that's a but that one's kind of hard to top because he he really kind of unfortunately fell flat. Hey, so what are your thoughts about Corey Jolks? That guy's tearing it up. Yeah. It, and so I think the Astros, are, they're they're so good at developing talent and finding guys kind of out of nowhere. And we've seen it right. Go back two years ago and, and no one really knew who Jake Myers or Chaz McCormick were, you know, but last year. McCormick has a breakout season uh, or uh, sorry, Myers has a breakout season in AAA. McCormick comes up with the Astros. Both of them are. Uh, actually, you know, really good players for for young for young guys and uh, contributed well to a team that made it to the World Series. Corey Jolks is another guy in that line, outfielder who's now at the AAA level, a little bit older, but is kind of uh, kind of having that breakout. I know they've been playing him some at third base, but yeah, he seems like a guy that, uh, depending on what happens in the outfield, I know where Myers is rehabbing, working his way back, but depending on what happens, he could be a guy who uh, who gets a chance if there's an injury or something like that. Yeah, we got the what Myers and uh, McCormick, Siri, and you also have Pedro Leon. You got Jolks, uh, McKenna. There's a we got a lot of outfielders. I can imagine some of these getting traded. Is there is there one prospect that comes to your mind? And my answer is Luke Berryhill, hands down. That would just totally rip your heart out if they traded him. Um, Luke is a good one. Cause you know, you can, I mean, he's, he's a good dude, you know, and you can see that the fans love him. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I know, you know, his parents and, and I do as well, but yeah, that, that's a tough one. But I mean, like Hunter Brown right now, right. Would be a guy that would be kind of a stab in the heart. Cause you see what he's doing at triple a <laughs> throwing 99 striking guys out. You know, he had a game where he tossed seven scoreless innings, 10 strikeouts. Like I really think that he could be a quality pitcher right now. If the Astros decide to call him up, they're waiting on the right time. Uh, but if I had to go somebody that maybe isn't, you know, the, the, one of the best prospects in the system, a, a couple guys that kind of come to mind, uh, Spencer Aragetti is a guy I talked with when I was in Asheville and I, I put an article out with, uh, on him this week, but, um, really insightful answers, uh, very, very welcoming and, and willing to talk, but also the, the numbers, you go look at the numbers, he's putting up the strikeout numbers. And, um, he's also reaching new heights of that fastball, got it up to like 98 this year and insane strikeout numbers, him and Chase McDermott, 
uh, down in Asheville. So that would probably be one, um, another guy that I guess you could say that I'm maybe just a little attached to because I want to see him succeed because we saw his brother succeed in the system. But J.C. Correa, another guy um, who can freaking hit the ball. You know, it's just about finding finding out the position he's going to play at the major league level, but the guy can hit. Yeah, I mean, they moved him to catcher, and we are. I think we got a lot of catchers, and that's one thing that worries me. <laughs> yeah, well, I think for for him, it's just you know they're they're trying to find out where is he going to play in, at the major league level. You know, is it if it's not going to be infield, maybe maybe, maybe you know because his offensive profile, when you think about, it, he's got a little bit of power, but he hits for average, doesn't strike out. Like you kind of see that offensive profile from catcher quite a bit. Um, so his, his profile fits there great, and if he can develop, and maybe even to the point where he's uh not a full-time catcher, but if he can be a, a guy who can catch some games but also maybe play a little bit of the infield and kind of be that utility guy, because there's not a lot of utility guys that actually play catcher as well. Maybe he can be one of them. So other than Hunter Brown, who do you see as like a big stud pitcher coming up? Yeah, um, I, we got a couple. You know, Alex Santos, the Astros drafted him in the second round back in 2020, the, the pick they actually got for losing Garrett Cole to the Yankees. Um, 20 years old, and he's kind of showing off his stuff right now in low A. Hopefully he'll get that promotion to high A. But the next two for sure is Chase McDermott and, uh, and Spencer Arigetti. They got really good stuff, and they're, they're making people look bad in high A right now. Like I kind of they've – gone, they've gone back and forth on, on the strikeout leaders in the, in the Astros system and on the, the team in uh, Asheville. And uh, I asked McDermott about that. He said there is like a little bit of rivalry, not, I mean, it's more of a, a competition, but, you know, they, they're pushing each other to get better. And he said that uh, last, Aragatti's last start, right before he went out for the last, uh, last inning, he said, hey, me and you were tied for strikeouts. Aragatti uh, went out and struck out the side in his last inning of work. So he ended up taking the lead in that one. Uh, and then McDermott struck out 10 the other day. And then Aragatti came back and struck out eight. So, but those are two guys that, I think have a lot of potential. They were both drafted last year. I believe uh, McDermott was a. I have to go back and look, but I think a fourth or fifth round, and then uh, and then Arigetti was a sixth round. But two guys I think that have a, a very high potential to be good pitchers in the Astros system. All right, now we have five fair fouls, and this is going to be fun because there's three of us. I don't think I've ever had fair foul with three answers, so there's going to be two winners and one loser. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. All right, this is a little political, so don't be scared to answer this. Fair foul, the Tampa Bay players refusing to wear the pride colors on their uniforms. Jimmy? So uh, the way you're asking is, are you saying that uh, you're asking fair? Fair would be like... Do you agree that they didn't, or do you think they should have? Um, I mean, my my thought on on it is like, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm... I'm a lover, not a, not a fighter kind of thing, you know? So if that's, if that's the way you feel, that's the way you want to do it, then so be it. I, I don't necessarily think that people should be forced to do something that they don't want to do. I mean, I think it's kind of the, the freedom of the country. Right. Um, but to me, like a, a patch, I mean, I, I don't, I don't see it being that big of a deal. Tommy. I think it's foul. I totally agree with what Jimmy said. I feel like it shouldn't be forced. It, it should have been one of those things like maybe the team should have got together and be like, hey, this is what we're thinking. How do y'all feel? Like they didn't have to make it as big as it got, I think. I say they should have just wore it. I mean, yeah, what- and, I, and I can agree with that. I mean, like, yeah, I can agree with saying hey, it's our it's on there. Just wear it. I don't like the idea of forcing people to do something, but like I would have just wore it because it's I mean, it's just a patch, you know, but um and, and, I mean, I agree with the, you know, I mean, if, if, if people have that, if that's their lifestyle, then, yeah, that's what they choose, you know? 
Yeah, I mean, I I think it's just like to blame your religion for not wearing something is just kind of it doesn't have to mean you agree with it if it's against your religion. But I mean, like, just support the guys. They're human beings, too. And you're a team. The team should just all wear them. That's what I think. Yeah. All right. Number two. (laughs) I, I don't know why I thought of this, but teams should be allowed to forfeit games instead of using position players to pitch and blowouts. Would you like to see that forfeiting games? Fair or foul? You want to go first, Tommy? Sure. Uh, I kind of like seeing the position players pitch. <laughs> I mean, I personally, selfishly, I, you know, maybe it's a numbers thing. Maybe you're, you're padding stats or whatever. But I feel like the team should have to eat up something somewhere. You shouldn't just be able to, well, we got smoke three innings in. All right, forfeit. Nah, I'd rather see them play it out. Yeah, I uh, I kind of like it as well. Uh, you know, and well, for two reasons. One, I like it when our guy, like if our guys have to go in and pitch, it's kind of funny to see how they're going to do, you know. And, and I mean, y'all remember like J.D. Davis came, coming in a few times and he was actually pitching well. Uh, but then I like seeing our guys pad their stats too. I remember Jordan had a, was it a three-run homer, a grand slam off an Orioles position player a couple of years ago when I think he had three home runs in the game or something like that. But uh, funny, funny comment on that. I was in Asheville, and the, the, one of the games I was at, they got blew out, so they, they brought in a, a the second baseman to pitch a new fielder. And he was throwing like eighty. He actually got a strikeout. He's got three scoreless innings on the on the year so far because he's pitched three different times, three scoreless innings. So I asked uh, Chase McDermott about that, you know, his teammate, and he said that they were giving him a hard time, saying like, you know, we're out there throwing mid nineties, high nineties with these hard breaking balls, and we're getting hit. You know, he's in there just throwing eighty, just right across the plate, and he's got three scoreless innings. <laughs> I, I agree. I mean, it's. I, I think it's fun. That, that guy that plays for what Tampa Bay used to be with yeah, the Brett Astros. Phillips. Yeah, that yeah, guy. I think it's. I think it's entertaining. It is. Yeah. All right. Here's a serious question now. Jordan Alvarez will hit forty plus home runs this year. Yeah, e- easily fair for sure. Yeah, that that, that that's going to happen. I. And I mean, unless he ends up getting intentionally walked a lot or something, or you know, a knock on wood, something else happened, you know, injury or something like that. But if he's healthy, I, I don't see why he wouldn't hit forty. I mean, the dude, yeah, he, he's amazing. So, and if he, does, and I, I feel like that's going to be something that's going to be consistent from him moving forward. He, he's going to be that you know, thirty, forty home run guy, no matter what. I think it's fair too. I think it's fair too. Uh, I mean. Right now, the clip he's on, he should easily get there. They're a third of the way through the season. He's sitting at, what, 19, something like that right now? So 17. I, 17. I, I apologize. But, I mean, still, he's well on his way to get into 40. I think barring injury, he'll get there. When I, when I thought of this question, I didn't even know he had 17. I had to look it up. Mm-hmm. So I'm saying fair. I mean, he's already almost halfway there, and it's yep. he's still, you know, he's a third of the way through the season, so I say fair. Uh, here's another one. They did it in the past for the World Series rings, but the Astros need to have a game where all fans get a ring instead of this 10,000 stuff. We're fans. Give us all a ring. Fair or foul? Yeah, I say fair. I think they got the money to do it. And, and like you said, they did it uh, following the World Series. Actually, they, they did quite a few games, I think, where they were giving every single person a ring because you know they sold out a game on like a Tuesday night because they did that. So I, I, I say fair. They got the money to do it, and, and the fans like it. So this is fair because they just did it. They did it like uh, Monday, I think, was was like the Lance McCullers ring. Everybody and got they one. did it. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, yeah, everybody got one. I nice. didn't know that. 
<laughs> now you know. Yeah. See, when I got my World Series ring, it was like it was uh, all fans because the other ones they're during the week, and those are hard for me to get. And I remember I paid eighty-five bucks for my ticket, and I bought two tickets, and I had a little kid with me, so you know, uh, I just got a text, so I got distracted. But yeah, all right, I forgot what I was saying. So let's go to the last. <laughs> all right. The last one, and I thought of this just because they're sitting on our island here in the kitchen. Mangoes, fair or foul? Foul. <laughs> I'm I'm not a big like fruit guy. I mean, I eat uh, you know eat banana and apple, and uh, hell, honestly, that's about it. You know, maybe if I make a smoothie, I might put some strawberries or blueberries in there, but that's about it. So yeah, not a not a huge few guy. Don't take that as me eating bad. I don't I don't <laughs> eat bad. I'm, I just don't eat a ton of fruit. I you know. I mean, I eat pretty healthy. But. You look like you eat healthy, and I look like <laughs> I eat bad. Well you, got, well, you eat mangoes, right? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> I don't know where my wife got all of them. It's just a, a shitload of mangoes on our table over there. <laughs> I think it's fair, uh, but you got to pick them right. Like, those things are really tough to pick. Like, if you don't, like, apparently you got to smell them or something like that. Like, there's a, a field test and then a smell test. And if you mess it up, they come out a little sour where they where you obviously want them to be a little sweet. I don't really like to eat them, but there's a few places here in town that have mango margaritas. And at first taste, you're like, that's a lot of mango. But halfway through, it's pretty good. So I'll say fair and a margarita foul straight out. <laughs> that's a good answer. <laughs> Depends on how you uh, consume it. it. So, you know what I was thinking, Jimmy, is that uh, just just any Astro fan listening, just imagine a world without Astro's future. Imagine <laughs> the things that I'm, I'm being serious. Imagine the things that you wouldn't know, the prospects you would have never heard of if it wasn't for you. So awesome job, buddy. Yeah, I appreciate that. I really do. All right, that's all I have. What you got? Anything else, Thomas? Uh, I, I was gonna jump in there earlier when we were talking about the position players. Oh, final so, thoughts. Go for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I love what the the Cardinals are doing. The Cardinals are like making it a thing, right? Pujols closed out a game. They were stomping somebody out the other night. He was able to get. I mean, I think his ERA is like nine or something like that. But he got the. the you know, he got it done. And then they let. Um, the catcher, Yadier Molina, they let him pitch. He struck out a Rosarena and <laughs> like the place went nuts. Pool, they show pool holes. He's over there dying, laughing and mm-hmm. saving the ball. You know, I think he threw like a 45 mile an hour pitch and then he threw like a 76 mile an hour fastball or something like that to get him. So, but I mean, you don't get that if those guys aren't there. Yep. Hey, Jimmy, were you disappointed that uh, we didn't get to go against Grinky in the Kansas City series? Because I was, and this guy wasn't. Yeah, I mean, I, I it would have been kind of cool to see him, but ultimately, you know, <laughs> we're, we're there to win baseball games. So if it's against Greek here, yeah. it's against somebody else, you know. I, oh. It would be cool. It would have been cool to see him. I, we probably would have rocked him, though. So <laughs> see, I'm, the, awesome. I'm the other way. I think he would have dealt. That, that would have made it worse. Like, <laughs> I, I'm selfishly wanting everyone. I, I, there's certain things that I, I think the same way. It's like, I'd like to see this happen or that happen. Mostly like 
in college football when they pick your bowl games because I'm an OU fan. It's like, oh, I'd love to play Georgia, but, you know, I'd rather play Oregon and win the game. <laughs> Something like that. All right, that's all I have here on episode 600. It seems like it was a success, and I appreciate you coming on, Jimmy. Always, man. I appreciate you having me, and uh, just uh, appreciate all the support. All right, guys, for Thomas and Jimmy, this has been episode 600 of Astros Baseball, and we'll see you next time for episode 601. Who are we playing this weekend? Miami. We'll, we'll cover the Miami series. We'll see you next time.